Welcome to the Get Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Liz McGoffro, and I'm obsessed with all things writing, creativity, and telling your stories in your authentic voice, because I believe a good story can change the world. Ever since I was a little girl with my nose in a book, I dreamed of being an author. I wanted to see my books in bookstores everywhere. I wanted to talk about books. I wanted to soak up everything about the craft. My celebrity crushes were mostly authors and I could feel in my bones that the writer's life was my destiny. Fast forward to today. Along with my alter ego, Kate Conti, I'm an Agatha Award-nominated best-selling author with three mystery series. But it wasn't all smooth sailing along the way. I experienced many setbacks, crushing self-doubt, a lot of career detours, and I even lost my voice a few times when I let the world get in my way. Until I learned that writing was so much more than just a skill set you learned and developed over time. It's also an inside job that flourishes when you heal all the wounds that are stifling your creativity, which is no easy task. So if you're a writer of any kind, or if you've always wanted to write but aren't sure where to start, this is the place for you, my friend. We're going to talk about all things writing process, craft, strategies to help you get writing and stay writing, the daunting world of agents, editors, and publishing. And because I'm using my authentic voice, I'm going to throw in a little woo-woo for you too. So let's get writing, shall we? Welcome to the Get Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Liz McGavro. And today we have a really interesting topic that I'm going to dive into. So we're talking about switching genres in fiction, which can be a bold move for any writer. But I love this topic because I'm actually in the process of writing a book right now that's outside the genre I've written in for the past decade. And it's definitely been a switch. So some of you may have heard me talk about this before, but I've been writing cozies for the past 12 years and it's always been in my heart to write a darker book. So I dusted off a book that I started back in well, a very long time ago. Um, and I've been rewriting it and, you know, bringing it up to speed and putting all the things I've learned over the past decade into practice and, you know, really hoping that I can do well with this book. So that's one of my bigger focuses right now. And my guest today is an author who has published books in multiple genres. So she's got a lot to say on the topic. She's also a book coach who helps authors develop and polish their manuscripts and proposals. Here's a little bit about her. Amy L. Bernstein writes stories that lets readers feel while making them think. Her novels include The Potrero Complex, the award-winning The Night Hawkers, Dreams of Song Times, and Fran the Second Time Around. Amy is an award-winning journalist, speechwriter, playwright, and certified nonfiction book coach. She also teaches workshops on various aspects of the craft of writing. She loves inspiring others to unlock their inner artist and explore all aspects of writing, publishing, and taking creative risks every day. So we had a really fun conversation about this. We talked about what it takes to switch genres. We talked about how your inner preparation for doing that is just as important as the outer preparation and, you know, the learning about the, the new genre that you're writing in. And we also talked about just process in general. I love hearing how people write their, you know, what their schedules are like, how they get themselves psyched up every day to go back to the desk. So hopefully you'll love this conversation as much as I did. And let's get into it. 
Amy, welcome to the Get Writing Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Liz. I'm really happy to be on with you. This is going to be so fun because you have written so many books in so many different genres. And so we can talk about so many things here, but I really want to talk about genre switching today because that's something that I've actually been working through myself. So I'm, I'm really interested in your perspective on that. So um, I'm a cozy author right now. I've written 18 cozy books. I have three series and I'm looking to move into more of thriller and suspense. And I'm, I'm actually struggling a little bit with, with the switch, you know, um, for so many different reasons. So, yeah, that's a really significant thing to do when you've been so immersed in, in cozy and I'm sure you've got a lot of habits that you feel really comfortable with. And now you probably have to break out of, out of a bunch of them. <laughs> yeah. And it's really funny because for me, like I, you know, initially when I, when I was starting to try to get published, um, I didn't see myself as a cozy writer. I, I was writing darker things. Um, I, I've always been a fan of, you know, dark mysteries and that kind of thing, but this opportunity came just kind of fell into my lap and, you know, obviously it was a wonderful opportunity. So I ran with it, but now, you know, I'm 18 books in and I'm like, Oh, I got to go back to being dark. <laughs> So, mm -hmm. so what do you, mm -hmm. like, I know what motivated me to make that switch, like, cause that's kind of what I've always wanted to write, but what have you found that motivates a writer to switch genres? Well, answering for me, I find that when I really, um, alight on a story that I really want to tell, it becomes a matter of form following function. I mean, what, what is the way that I want to tell that story? What's the best way to really explore those characters and those settings and kind of the way I want it to flow and how do I want it to end? And that for me pushes me toward one kind of a genre or another. Like if I really want to tell a love story with bumps along the way. That's how I came to write a romance, but it's also kind of a paranormal romance because it's got magical elements because I wanted to include those, which is entirely different from my really dark dystopian mystery, um, which is much more sort of speculative, like this could happen. So for me, it's all about starting with the kind of story you want to tell. Oh, I love that. So for me, it was kind of the opposite, right? I was, I was really starting with the genre <laughs> and thinking, thinking through things that way. So I, I love that. That's really interesting. Um, so I think in that sense, it's, you know, some, some writers think maybe it's a, a risk to switch genres because they've gotten, you know, they have an audience based on what they're currently writing. They're, they're used to it. Like you said, they might feel comfortable in it, but you know, well, I'm finding it's also definitely an opportunity for growth and expansion and relearning and, you know, definitely finding new approaches to creativity. How, how do you think about that? Well, first, I would start by saying that, you know, if you're not taking risks as a writer every day, then you're not writing as well and as deeply as you can. I think that writing should feel risky. Um, and I think even within a specific genre, there's always new ways of saying something, there's ways of bending a trope. Uh, so I think risk should be kind of part of what we sign up for as writers. And that's what makes it sort of fun and scary and interesting and, and challenging. Um, but switching genres, it it is a big decision and it really does need you to um, do some things differently, I think, particularly in a case like yours where you're really steeped in, in an approach. And I think you have a lot of hard questions to ask yourself as a writer to get your, to wrap your head around a different way of telling a story. Yeah. And I definitely like to bend the whole cozy tropes. Like I've always been, you know, I've always been kind of a rule breaker in the first place. And so, you know, when they told me I can't swear in these books, I was like, well, wait a minute, I'm going to try to work that in <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> lightly. But so, but no, I, you know, I've, I've tried to make the books, um, 
I've tried to push them to the limits of of where they are, and and in that sense, I think I'm I'm still sticking close to you know where I where I started, um, but thinking just thinking about a different way to approach them, um, like do your does your writing differ? Like does your approach to sitting down and and actually writing differ when you're switching from one genre to another? Yes, yes, and I think there's a couple of key things that that you and everyone else can pay really close attention to. One is that you know genre has a lot to do with um, the um, the story uh, structure and the act structure um, as to what the inciting incidents are, what happens when, um, how how much of the ending do we want to have. Um, sort of hinted at for us, how many hints do you want to plant as opposed to it being a really surprise? We really have to think about pacing. Pacing really differs in different genres. I mean, a lot of, like a rom-com type book, type book is going to be pretty fast paced, whereas a dark mystery might unfold kind of slowly and mysteriously. Um, and dialogue, which I think is so important. I mean, the witty banter that you, that you have in a in a romance or the or the flirting yeah there might be a place for it in a dark book but not to the same extent so i really do think that it that genre helps to drive a lot of these really core sort of what you might call the architecture of any book you know really really is um aligned with the genre that you're writing in definitely so how how do writers who are maybe new to to thinking about their about different types of work how do they approach that like, what are some of the steps they can take right off the bat? Well, I think the, the most obvious one is to read in the genre that you want to write in. And while you're reading, don't just read for pleasure, read for structure. Um, look at, um, you know, really study how are the characters kind of built and designed and introduced. What are the areas of tension and conflict that are built into the book among them? What kind of challenges are thrown into the hero's or heroine's way? And, you know, where, where do the obstacles arise in the book? And also looking at tone and atmosphere. Um, for example, I mean, in my dark, in my dark mystery, I mean, um, there's a, there's a, a, a crematorium that, that plays a role or a secondary role in that story. That's a really dark thing. I didn't write about crematoria in my paranormal romance novel. So, you know, the objects, the scenes, the settings, the physical materials that we put in our stories have, can contribute so much to the genre that we're in. And they, they need to be appropriate. So I do think there's a lot of really core considerations. I love that. One of the things I've been kind of studying are how different authors do um, different types of twists, right? So I've, I've also been reading a lot of multiple point of view books um, to see how right. that's done well, because that's ultimately the book that I'm trying to write. Um, and then also a lot of time, you know, like nonlinear timelines. I, I love that. And so I'm trying to listen to and read a lot of different books that do that well. So I can kind of see how it's done and, you know, look at different ways in which I can apply that to my own, to my own writing. So I think that's really helpful. So what are some of the challenges that other writers might face, you know, as they're looking at even just building like different worlds? I know you've done fantasy, um, paranormal. I, I have a paranormal series too, which the world building was a critical part of, you know, getting that story right. So how do you? Well, you, yes, I think there really is, and I think we're kind of talking around it, there really is a learning curve each time you go to a new genre. For, just for example, if you've never written in romance before, but for whatever reason you want to tell a romance story, well, you need to understand heat levels. 
um, which, you know, I had to learn all about. It's like heat levels. What are we talking about? You know, how much, how much um, explicit sex is there in the book? What do we see from the doorway versus what, what are we in the room for versus what happens completely off stage? Because a lot of uh, romance publishers assign numbers and letters to these things. Um, there's, there's a, you know, a heat level index. So yeah, there's things you need to know about the genre that you might be gravitating toward. Um, and so it's so important for us to know the rules before we feel ready to break them. Yeah. Uh, I know that when I was writing my romance, I really wanted to to bend the tropes as, as much as I could, which is why it wasn't, um, you know, I had two people fall in love really fast, which you're often told not to do. But he turned out to be, you know, the Mr. Wrong and the, and the Mr. Right you meet a bit later. So I was trying to put in some twists and hoping I could get away with it, which, which I did. <laughs> nice. I love that. I had no idea. So I've never attempted to write a romance, but I had no idea that they assigned different levels and, and mm. numbers to mm -hmm. them. That's really interesting. <laughs> mm -hmm. So a lot of writers do find success in writing multiple genres, but others don't, right? So what makes the successful one successful? Well, I I do think that in today's publishing world, um, whether you're self-published or whether you're traditionally published, and I've I've done both, I do think that swap swapping genres is is really difficult and tricky and doesn't always do the writer a lot of favors. I mean, in this day and age, um, where it's so important for us to find our readership, to build loyal readers, to have them willing to buy any book that we write, it's much easier. It's somewhat easier if you're in a genre that that reader already knows, likes, trusts, and wants to read more of, as opposed to, you know, I've written one romance novel. I haven't written a second one. If they want to read another book from me, they can read a really heavy-hitting YA fantasy, or they can read um, a, a dark mystery, um, or they can read like a sweeter YA, but they're not going to find another romance. So how do I keep that reader? I think it's a... It's difficult, but let me say that I really believe writers need to follow their passions, and I'm going to write about what I'm passionate about, and these other things have to follow along. I mean, you, if you want to just be commercial, you can let these other things be your priority, but I, at the end of the day, I'm going to tell the story that I want to tell. I love that you say that because that was that was actually what I was thinking as you started talking, and that's something that I try to teach the writers that I work with in my membership, um, is to really, you know, forget about the trends, right? Cause even, you know, I remember when I was just starting out and I was going to all these conferences and I would listen to the agents and the editors talk and, you know, obviously they know the, the world very well, but they also don't know everything, you know, and, and I have heard some, um, some people, you know, un unknowingly and unw unwittingly, dashing people's dreams by saying, well, this type of book will never get published. Right. So, um, I really try to stress for people, like you have to write what, what feels good for you because otherwise I feel like people aren't gonna, if you're not bringing your full self to it, people aren't gonna resonate with it anyway. I totally agree. And I will also say that as someone who's not only do I move around genres, I think each of my books is a little bit multi-genre. I really don't stick to just one thing in a, in a story. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, in the publishing world today, certainly in the, in the very commercial end of it, meaning the literary agents and um, the really established traditional publishers, they are looking to typecast books much of the time. They really want it to be able to, they want to be able to clearly brand it so they know, they really know what shelf it's going to go on. They know what the marketing campaign is going to look like. And the agents understand exactly how they're pitching it um, to, to, the, to the editors at the publishing houses. But the thing is, I just can't, I, I can't just 
bow down to that. I'm just going to write what I'm going to write. I think my stuff's kind of complicated, even within, genre, even within a genre, because that's the way I write. And that doesn't mean it's not fun and interesting and challenging. And my, my motto is that I write stories that let readers feel while making them think. Um, so when you do that, you know, you're setting up a lot of kind of genre or in, intra-genre battles yeah. <laughs> right there. <laughs> totally. So do you think there's a point in any writer's career or maybe a, you know, a certain level of success where people are just going to read whatever they write, no matter what? I, I do. I think, I think too, that there are, um, a number of authors and you may well be one of them. I mean, while there are authors who are certainly self-publishing and self-publishing series who are developing very loyal readers. And I think that even if they, even if they make a shift, they're probably going to bring most of those readers with them. And one of the thing I think is so interesting is, um, if you look at some really, really famous writers like Stephen King and JK Rowling, they both started out in very well-known very clear genres, but they now write many different kinds of things. I mean, Rowling writes um, mystery under a well-known pseudonym. And Stephen King, of course, flirts with a lot of different things, everything from nonfiction books on how to write to, you know, more cultural literary um, literary stuff and stuff that's not horror. So I think you can reach a point in your career, and they're, of course, in the stratosphere where you can write whatever the hell you want to write. Yeah. Um, I think for the rest of us, we can do that. We just have to be prepared that there are consequences, which we're discussing. And at the end of the day, you have to decide what's important to you. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. I was actually thinking of Stephen King when, when you started answering the question, um, Billy Summers, have you read that? No, I haven't. So that's more of a straight up crime novel, which I thought was really interesting. There's like one little nod to the shining in it, but otherwise there is, you know, there's no real horror. There's no paranormal. Um, it's, it's definitely a different feel for a book by Stephen King. And it was, it was great. And I'm sure it sold really well. <laughs> so. Right. Right. Definitely. Right. Exactly. Nope. And I think he's also co-writing crime fiction with his son, I think. Joe, I think who goes by Joe so, Hill. Yes. I did hear yeah. that. Yeah. 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 Very cool. Um, I know. So how yeah. can a writer more, most effectively prepare to start switching aside from like, you know, like we talked about reading, um, but also like that internal shift. Yeah. That's the hard one. I think one thing you have, if you've written in one genre for a long time, I think it's a good idea to take a moment and look at your work as as dispassionately as you can and look at the habits that you developed in that genre. How do you handle dialogue? What are the things that you do to build a scene? And in your case, like you're in cozy. Okay, what are the hallmarks of my cozy books? Like what are the things that you would just read this scene, this page, this chapter, you go, well, I know it's cozy. So call them out for what they are and then think about, okay, what if I throw all that out? Totally. I can't use it. It's not a crutch, not there. I can't use, I can't use that style. I can't fall back on that device. I know when I'm doing it. And, you know, I think you almost have to create your own tabula rasa in your mind and start taking completely new risks that you feel uncomfortable about. And I think feeling uncomfortable is really part of that process because that's the only way you're going to pull yourself out of the habits that you have developed in a, in a particular genre. Yeah. Do you think there's an element of, so I, I've actually been doing a little bit more character development. It, you know, it might be different because my cozies are series, right? So I know these characters, aside from the first books, I know these characters, I know their world, I know their people at this point. So there might be some extra development of like secondary characters. But as I'm, as I'm refining the characters in this new book, I'm really kind of going deep into character development. And do you, do you think that's a, 
the place to start, like I know a lot of writers start with different things. Some start with settings, some start with the actual, you know, mystery or, you know, whatever theme they're working with. But I feel like it all comes back to the characters. And I wonder if there's an extra element of work you have to do to prepare your characters for a different genre. Well, as you say, every writer has her own process and if there's no, there's not an absolute right way to not, not an absolute wrong way to go about this, but I happen to agree with you. I'm in the middle of something very new now. And before I wrote any actual narrative, I created quite robust character sketches for all the main characters, their names. I know the years they were born. I know something about their backgrounds and sort of, I know what's driving them. I've got these long paragraphs for each one, which I can keep con to con consulting because for me, if you understand the characters in the book, then you can understand the kinds of conflict that arises from those characters meeting and knowing each other and having different wants and needs. And as you and I both know, tension and conflict are the heart of, of a novel. And so if you don't know who the people are in the novel, it's hard to understand what they might be, what might be keeping them from getting them what they want or need and why they might be blocking one another. So I do start there. I think it's a really key building block. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, um, if you don't know what someone's going to do, then you don't know what they're going to say that your dialogue ends up becoming kind of stilted, right? It's, and it sort of sets the tone for the whole book. So I, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, so aside from the Stephen Kings of the world, you know, let's think about some other famous writers who maybe aren't as famous, um, who have successfully switched genres. Uh, can we learn anything from them and how they've approached it? Well, who's who's on your list? Because I I was not I was not successfully. I'm sure I'm just being dumb about it. I couldn't think of who's done that. Who, who has done that? Yeah, I mean, I you know, I I know a lot of. So I'm I'm mostly hanging out in the mystery world. So all the different genres within mystery. I know some writers who've who've switched within the mystery world. I, but I haven't really kind of explored out there as to who might be, you know, one day writing a fantasy and then the next day writing a cozy. Like, I just, I don't know that. So I'm wondering if, cause you're in all these worlds, you've, you've come across anybody who you feel does it really well. Um, I, I can't say that I do. And that isn't, that doesn't mean that they're not out there. I couldn't, I couldn't think off the top of my head who, who they were, but I, I will say this, what I've learned from going to, into different genres is now that I've got a bit of a body of books, um, I realize that there are themes that I'm carrying through every single one of my books that has nothing to do with the genre. It has to do with my own preoccupations and interests, and they're coming through in every book. So, you know, by the time I was, by the time I wrote my, I guess my sixth book, I was like, Oh, I see what I'm doing here. Like I, I happen to care about social justice and underdogs and people who are vulnerable and I care about politics. And so I weave all kinds of things, but I also write a lot of poetry. So, you know, in my, in my romance, in my romance, there's actually sort of some poetic language in there, which I put in very deliberately. So I realized that I've got my own interests and preoccupations that I keep that that come across every book. So if somebody were to read all of my books, they they would begin to see those themes. And maybe, just to speculate, maybe writers who do really do some genre switching. Um, I mean, like maybe Barbara Kingsolver is an example. She kind of goes all over a little bit, but literary fiction, of course, is its own thing. Yeah. But maybe they, you know, they do have common preoccupations that we come to expect from those writers, even when the story in the background changes. Mm. That's a good point. So when you're thinking about your themes and, you know, what you might want to tackle next, how, how, like, how do you decide which kind of book that you want to focus that theme within? 
Well, I, I have so many ideas. I don't know where I'll ever get to write them all in my lifetime. I wait and see what kind of sticks with me for a bit. And I also, when I have finished a book um, and I take a little break from it, I feel the need to go then do something different. So I don't write in the same genre back to back. I just need I just need to go do something different. So um, I just I just finished and I'm currently um, shopping, as we say, um, what you could think of as a political satire with heart. Um, it's a really wild story um, that's kind of got based in magical realism, but I make it as realistic as possible. And it's it's got a lot of political satire in it. And it's pretty crazy. And I decided, no, nope, I'm going to go completely the other side of the pendulum now and write something that's sort of like classic chiclet because you know, like, that's a fun playground to be in. So, And that's the other thing. I mean, at the end of the day, you got to have fun with it somehow. It's hard work, but you got to have fun. So I'm trying to do that. <laughs> yes, definitely. I've been actually feeling lately that I've been putting a lot of pressure on myself to get this done and get this sold and, yes. you know, get on to the next thing. And um, I'm forgetting to enjoy it. So it's definitely, it's definitely something I need to remind myself of. So do you have a schedule that you kind of follow? Like I'm going to do two fantasies a year and one romance or, you know, however, or do you just kind of go where the mood takes you? You know, while I, I also put a tremendous amount of pressure on myself as a writer too much, um, that's I don't pressure myself about that at at all. I When I start a book, I have no idea what the book at ne after it'll be or when it'll be done or anything like that. And frankly, um, because I started um, shopping a book that I finished um, earlier this year, I knew that while I was in that horrible waiting period to see what its fate might be. I knew I had to start something else just to continue to feel, you know, yeah, I'm a writer, I'm productive, I'm writing, yeah. you know, I'm not just going to sit around and wait. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why I jumped into something, not because, not because I've set myself any kind of quota. That's, that is a pressure I do not need. I'm not doing that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but to, to feel, you know, to feel in it, you know. Yeah, for sure. So I, I love to talk to other writers about process and I know people who are just getting started with writing love to hear about other writers process. So what is yours? Do you do, do you write every day? Do you set a timer? Like, how do you, how do you write? Um, I try to write something every day. Now, are there days when I don't write? Of course there are. And have I learned not to beat myself up about that? Absolutely. For a couple of reasons. First of all, when you're not write, not writing, if you really are a writer, you're thinking. And you think something's percolating. You've got ideas going on. Maybe you're in the middle of something and you're not working on it that day. And when you get back to it, uh, uh, you have, you'll have solved a problem or found a way out of, you know, a corner that you backed yourself into. Or you realize something that's not working and you'll be able to tackle it again. So not writing every day is not a failure of anyone who writes. And I think we really need to take that to heart. The other thing is, if I'm not working on a novel or I'm between novels or I'm stuck, I, I make sure that I'm writing something else. I write a lot of craft essays about writing. I've published a fair amount of poetry. I've published a scads of essays on medium. Um, and so there's always something, and it's just satisfying to feel that I'm getting ideas on paper, if even if it's not a novel. Mm, I love that. Yeah, it's um, it's hard sometimes when you're when you're driven and when you're used to producing and when you feel like everything you write has to be heading towards something bigger. Um, that is definitely something that I that I struggle with a lot too. So, 
You're right. Those of us who are very goal-oriented as writers, we do feel that pressure exactly as you said, well, this has to be something. I can't just, but you know, I'll tell you something. I have, I, I put a lot of effort several months into a new novel a year. Oh gosh, it must be a year now easily. And it got so complicated and felt so sort of scary to me that after months of really hard work on it, I just stopped. And I said to myself, you know what, if this is meant to be it'll come back in my life when it needs to come back. And if it's meant to have been an, a wonderful, wonderful experiment, you know, those whatever, whatever I wrote, 40,000 words or whatever, they'll just live there in my file. And it's okay. It's, I didn't waste my time. You know, I didn't waste my writerly energy. We learn something from everything we try and tackle. And nowhere is it written that everything we write has to come fully to fruition. There's reasons why some things don't, and they're perfectly good reasons. Have you read um, Elizabeth Gilbert's Big Magic? No, I have not. So when you were saying that, so she talks a lot about the big idea. Uh, I, I'm going to forget the exact mm -hmm. wording because it's been a while since I've read it, but the idea that will that will come to you and it will you know wait for you to to claim it, right? And if you sometimes if you if you don't claim it, it will stick with you. And that means that it's your idea and you have to bring it to fruition. And other times it will leave and go somewhere else in the universe or to someone else. Um, and this book that I've been working on, so I'm almost embarrassed to say this out loud, but I've, I started this book. I, it, this is, it's actually been written a few times. This is like probably the fourth iteration of it, but I started this book in 2008. <laughs> it is now 2023. Mm -hmm. Um, but I finished, you know, I wrote it back then and this was before I had gotten my other contracts. I wrote it, I rewrote it. I actually almost sold it to a small press, um, that fell through. And I'm actually glad about that because you know, it's a lot different now and it's, it's going to be much better given that I've been, now been writing steadily for you know, 10, 12 years. Um, but the idea won't go away. And so when I was thinking about, you know, I want to branch out, I want to do, you know, more in addition to what I'm doing. Um, I was like, should I think of something new or should I go back to this other book? And, you know, it's still there. The people are still kicking around in my head and the idea is still kicking around in my head and the story's evolved, but I feel like it's still something that I need to tell. So I'm still working on it. I've talked to so many writers who have that very long gestational period. And, you know, it is what it is, right? I mean, sometimes we can bang a book out in five months and sometimes it needs 10, 15 years. And uh, I think you just have to listen to your gut and your inner calling. And, you know, if you find yourself starting yet something else new and yet this older project doesn't leave you, you know, just think about, you know, where am I really, where is my creative soul going to be really fed the most right now? Like, what's the what's my appetite really for? Should I really go back to this older thing because it, it means a lot to me and I need to wrestle it to the ground? Or, you know, is it still percolating and I really need to go off and do this new stuff? You have to kind of interrogate yourself. But yeah, I mean, I think many, many writers go through that. Yeah. Many. I, I had an idea from probably 15 years ago that I couldn't decide if I wanted to, I wanted to write it as a libretto for an opera. And then I thought about I've written a bunch of plays and I was thinking about whether it would be a play. And then I was thinking about whether it should be a novel. And I've not done anything with that idea, but the, the idea hasn't left me and I still haven't decided mm -hmm. what it is. I still think it's an opera. Yeah, that's so cool. So tell us what you're working on right now. And and also, I know you do, you're also a book coach in addition to, to being an author. So tell us a little bit about that too. 
Right. Well, I, you know, I, when I'm really new on a fiction project, I don't I don't go into in any details. My husband has no idea what I'm working on at any time. He now knows he will not he will not be told. He has gotten over being offended. He's like, <laughs> I, he's like I don't know what she's working on. She doesn't tell me. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but as I did mention, I did start something that's more in what you could think of as classic chick chiclet. What I will say about it is that um, I am a. Uh, uh, a writer in uh, well into middle age, let's if we expand the definition of, of middle age, and I really want to see more characters, um, heroic, fully, fully alive characters who are older. And, um, you know, not every protagonist has to be 28. Uh, and so uh, I really am dedicating myself to, to writing books with um, people who are older and they're not befuddled and they understand technology. And, you know, they're not, you know, they don't need they don't need canes. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but they, you know, it's people who are older and, and still very much, still very vibrant. So that's something I'm, tr I'm trying to do. So then you asked me something else and I already forgot. Yeah, but wait, let me just say, have you read, I don't know if mysteries and, and murder is your thing, but have you read uh, the Thursday murder club books? No, I, I don't. Um, I, I think probably that is a genre where there are, because because I mean, Miss Marple was older, right? Yeah. So, but I'm I'm doing it with a more it's more contemporary. I mean, like these are people who smoke weed, and yeah. you know, I mean, because they 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 came of age in the '60s. They don't. They're not. Um, yeah. Just because you're 70 or 72, um, I'm younger than that, but it doesn't mean you don't do things that you know. I think you would. I think you would like that series because the, these people are not traditional, you know, older people. Right. Um, it's it's really right. a fun fun series. So definitely That's check it cool out. Right. Right. Um, so my other question was: you're also a book coach. So talk about that yes. and what you do and how you help writers. Right. So I I have a long professional background in the nonfiction world. Um, I've done a lot of executive speech writing. I've done a lot of um, pretty high level communications work in government and nonprofits. And I love wrestling with nonfiction information. And, and I consider myself kind of a translator. And because of that background, uh, I'm certified through Author Accelerator as a book coach. They have an absolutely marvelous program for anyone who feels a calling to do this kind of work in fiction or nonfiction or memoir. And really, you acquire a set of sort of skills and tools and frameworks uh, to help you um, help other authors on their journey, on their path to publishing and help them to help to champion their work, to be an accountability partner and to offer them a way through sort of the th thicket of challenges. And when they're played with doubt, you can kind of help lift them up and really help writers kind of stay on the road to get their work finished or in my case, as I'm coaching nonfiction, to get through to a nonfiction proposal to take into the marketplace if that's the writer's goal. It's incredibly rewarding. Uh, I'm working with some really talented people right now who have amazing books in them. And, you know, we're helping those, we're sort of pulling those books out of them, which is just a great, great thing to be doing. I love that. Did you, did you always know you were going to be a writer or did you start out thinking you were going to do something else? Well, I... I realized a couple of years ago that my entire professional life, many decades in the working world, was always related, almost always related to writing because I was a journalist and I did a lot of work in communications and speech writing and I did journalism in print and in public radio. And so I was always allied to writing one way or another. Um, I worked for a newsletter company early on in my career. So it was always something related to writing. So I never, ever called myself a writer. Never thought about that. I always wanted to be one, but I just didn't think I was one. 
And then um, I forced myself to write my first novel in about 2008, which I just hastily self-published. I simply wanted to know that I could do it. I was like, yep, I can do it. I did it. <laughs> and then I started writing plays mm. and getting some of those produced. And But it wasn't until I started getting, I think, books traditionally published where I was like, okay, all right, I'm a writer. Okay, I am. I really am. But it took me a lifetime. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can totally relate. And it sounds like we have similar backgrounds because I started out in journalism as well. It's interesting. I always knew I wanted to write novels, but I used to have a hard time too calling myself a writer. I remember when one of my fellow reporters, um, when I saw his email signature, he had, you know, it had his name and then it said writer. And I, my mind was like blown. I'm like, oh, I, I thought we were reporters. <laughs> and someone said to me, well, of course you're a writer. What do you think you're doing? <laughs> so, and it was just so foreign to me. <laughs> That's so funny because for I for such a long time, um, I always thought people who call themselves writers, would, it was just pretentious. It was just so pretentious. And there I was, I really was a writer all along. Mm. I mean, I've done almost everything. I mean, from scripts and book reviews to, you know, complicated press releases and speeches and, and I mean, like F, like everything and plays and essays and poems and novels. At what point do you finally <laughs> take the word and own it? Right. <laughs> Right. How many books do you need to have published? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what's one piece of advice you would leave writers, both, you know, new and maybe writers aspiring to switch to a different genre? How would you help them get through this? I think increasingly, um, especially with book, the rise of book talk and that type of thing, there is so much noise out there. What should you be doing? How should you be writing? What should you be writing? You're not doing it right if you're not doing X, Y, and Z. If you know, if you don't have a social media presence, if you're not, you know, you don't, you don't know any influencers on TikTok. You haven't sold any books. You know, you're doing it all wrong. There is so much noise, and there's there's so much. Um, uh, there's so many ways that we can compare ourselves to what's out there and, and, and fall short that I really say to every writer, and believe me, I tell myself this every day, tune it out. You're writing because you have a passion to, to do the work, to tell the story, to shape a world. Focus on that. Let that be your joy, your pleasure, your passion. Let that be the source that you know you're, you're preoccupied with. Forget the noise. It's always going to be out there and it can drive you crazy and it can force you to make decisions that aren't good for your mental health or your writing health. So that's, that's my big point. Totally. I have been telling myself to put the blinders on and just keep going. Um, and like you said, just not pay attention to some of the things that are going on around me. That's really valuable advice. Yes. Well, and I try and practice, I try to practice it. I don't succeed every day, but I do try. <laughs> So where can people find you? Website, social? Yes. Well, um, a couple things. Um, absolutely. My author website, which is just amywrites.live, A-M-Y-W-R-I-T-E-S, amywrites.live. All my books are there and all kinds of other things. I teach uh, craft courses and I've got uh, things posted that I'm going to be teaching online and people can can join in, in that. I also will just let people know that... Um, I'm one of the older people on TikTok, and um, I don't um, I don't dance or move my body. But what I do do is I post um, today in fiction, which is a series of tips for writers, and um, that's been fairly popular. And I love people to find me and, and check that out. And you know, you can find me through the socials on the website too. I love that. I'll have to go check that out because I've been trying to figure out how to use TikTok, and I haven't gotten very far yet. But also, that's something I've been putting the blinders on about. <laughs> so. 
I, I jumped in to be really conservative about it. And that's the only way that I can engage with that medium. And it's, I finally found what worked for me. And I feel like I, my dignity is intact. I love it because I'm not a dancer either. So I wouldn't be doing that. So <laughs> Amy, it's been such a great conversation. Thank you so much for being here today. Liz, I have really enjoyed it. Thank you for uh, being a great host and having me on. Thank you. So how was that? I really hope you liked that conversation as much as I did. I'd love to hear what resonated most with you all on this episode. So let me know over on my Instagram page. You'll find that along with a link to all things Amy in the show notes. And I would definitely encourage you to check out Amy's books um, where you can kind of see how an expert switching genres works and what the final product looks like. We'd love to hear what you think. So would Amy. So let us know. And make sure to subscribe to the podcast if you enjoyed it. Again, we're a new pod, so it would really mean the world to me to get this information into the ears of anyone who needs it. So thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.